1: It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
2: And this is part two of a show we began yesterday. We played a lot of Kanye West interview with Tucker Carlson. We may revisit that. What we did not get to, and I said we would on part two of the program today, is Eric Adams declaring that New York, your city, my city, our city, is in a state of emergency. We weren't in a state of emergency during the COVID times. Oh, no, 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 no. When Democrats were shutting down your businesses, shutting down your restaurants, demanding you had to have masks on everywhere. Oh, that's just normal business. But now we have a few immigrants come into New York, and let's shut it down. We are in a state of emergency. Woohoo! this is bad. This is just unbelievable. We have to do something now. So rather than me, welcome, by the way. I'm James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Sturman. This is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. If you'd like to be part of everything here, 800-848-WABC. I'm to call 800 800- Eight four eight nine two two two. we will have music, fun, frivolity, we will have everything. But we're also going to discuss the issues of the day, including uh perhaps if we have time, a criminal review. What's a criminal? I'm still stapling stories together and doing all that. There's so many stories to cover, including those. Have you seen, I'm sure, those girls running around in the green leotard? The uh the the Green Goblin gang, bunch of girls like this, and and I did not know excuse me, stupid me I didn't know that the Green Goblins were actually uh in the fantasy world of make believe Spider Man's main nemesis. I kept saying okay these why wow, this is almost like something out of a comic book. Well indeed it is. These girls have decided they want to play the part of. Villains, and so they dress up in green, leotards head to toe, go on uh, the subway and start beating up people. And well, the police have identified these four gals, and they're all from a housing project. You know, there's a housing project, right? Um, it's in close proximity to the Queensboro Plaza subway station over in Long Island City and uh, which is really near the 59th Street Bridge. I know this because I used to visit that housing project when I was a young man attending summer school in Long Island City. So these four gals are supposedly, or this bunch of gang of gals, the green leotard gals, are uh, supposedly from that housing project. They to my knowledge, haven't been busted yet. We'll talk about that, among other things. But first, let us begin with Eric Adams, our beloved and illustrious mayor, who had an announcement for all of us. If you haven't heard it, if you have heard it, just just bear with it for the sake of those who haven't. And let us all listen to the address that our beloved Mayor Adams Issues earlier this week.
3: Hello, New Yorkers,
2: we Hello, are in New a Yorkies. crisis
3: situation. Really New York City right now, now has more than 61,000 people in our shelter system. Oh. That includes thousands of New Yorkers experiencing homelessness and thousands of asylum seekers who have been bused in over the past few months from other parts Violence of the world. of country. Seeker. Oh, asylum seekers? Almost 20,000 are children. And one in five of them is an asylum seeker. And every day, the total number gets higher.
2: Mm-hmm. Every
3: day, from this point forward, we're setting a new record. This mm-hmm. is a humanitarian crisis that started with violence and instability in South America. Stop. And it is Stop being it. Accept- Stop. Stop.
2: That's bull. Okay, this whole asylum program is a scam. We have laid it out for you in great detail before. I will give you the bullet points right now. As provided by Tom Todd Binsman, the Center for Immigration Studies. And you can go back and listen to the episodes on our podcast, On the Border. The asylum program is rigged, almost like everything else seems to be these days. What happens is a bunch of... A lot of the immigrants that are coming in originate from Central America. They pass through Mexico's southern border. Once they are at Mexico's southern border, they are stopped. They are detained. They are asked, why are you here? And they say, I'm on my way to America, land of opportunity, land of hope. Want to go see that Statue of Liberty? And the Mexican authorities say, huh. Those are not grounds to let you into America. You have to go back home. Now, before they can go back home, they're intercepted. There are two main groups. One happens to be a Jesuit order of priests. The other happens to be somehow or another affiliated with the United Nations. And guess what they do? why they bring these asylum seekers, these people that have originally said they're coming to America for economic gain, Gain. they bring them into offices and they question them. And they question them. And when these people emerge, all of a sudden they emerge with stories of how they've been battered and tortured and hurt and wounded in their home countries, and they dare not go back to their home countries, the only place they can go seek refuge is the land of opportunity, the United States of America. And lo and behold, these same people who were earlier rejected entry to proceed from Mexico to the United States are put back on the road, well, now that you're seeking asylum... Why, go ahead and see whether, take your chances and see whether you can get into America. The entire asylum program is one big scam. It's like everything else these days, there's no truth there. It is a scam. And this Justice Department here should know it's a scam. Our Immigration Department should know it's a scam. Anyone connected with this so-called immigration program ought to know it's a scam. So now you hear Eric Adams talking about how these, whoa, J.O., can you just move that back a little bit? Just move that little back just a little bit. And let's now listen to uh, 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 Mayor Adams talk about how these poor people coming here are coming here from violence and everything. It's lies. It's a scam. And he ought to know better. Maybe if he wasn't out partying all the time and actually took time to study issues, he might know what's underlying some of these problems. Hit it.
3: Go ahead. Thousands that includes of asylum, thousands of New Yorkers experiencing homelessness, and thousands of asylum seekers who have been bused in over the past few months from other parts of the country. Almost twenty thousand are children, and one in five of them is an asylum seeker. And every day, the total number gets higher. Every day from this point forward. Was setting a new record. This is a humanitarian crisis that started with violence and instability in South America.
2: It starts with a scam to get into America. Accelerated
3: by American political dynamics, thousands of asylum seekers have been bused into New York City and simply dropped off without notice, coordination, or care. And more are arriving every day. This crisis is not of our own making but one that will affect everyone in this city now and in the months ahead. New Yorkers deserve to know why this is happening and what we yes, need to do. Today, I want to talk about the challenge we face, what our response has been, uh-huh. what we are doing now, uh-huh. and what we need going forward.
2: I then not want First, to go find a party. challenge.
3: Our city's exceptional ability to respond to a temporary crisis is being used by others to solve a long-standing national problem. More than seventeen thousand asylum seekers, mostly from South America, have been bused directly to New York City from our southern border stop. since April of this year. stop
2: more than seventeen thousand have been bused from our southern border this seventeen thousand that 's peanuts right now, ladies and gentlemen, this country is projected to have over four million, closer to actually four point5 million Illegal immigrants enter this country in one year. It is a record. It has never happened in American history. We have more illegal immigrants pouring into the United States than the size of some states in the United States. And yet, this guy sits up and whines and whines because 17,000. Now, earlier this week before this speech, a little background here, old Eric here, who finally stopped partying for a moment when he realized he's got to actually govern, Oh, Eric decided he was going to blame Republican leaders like Gole Abbott down there in Texas. And that other one in Florida, DeSantis. He's going to blame them because he said what they're trying to do is undermine black mayors. He pointed to the fact that they've been shipping immigrants to Chicago. They've been uh, shipping immigrants to, of course, Nueva York. And they've been shipping immigrants to where washington d c How dare they and so all three of these cities have something in common they're run by black mayors, and so these Republicans are racist that's all Adams has is a race card and it's a stupid argument. You know you want to be mayor, you run you're black you're elected, and so now you're the victim if somebody actually Ship some immigrants to me. Oh, it must be racial. Growing intellect. This has nothing to do with the races of these mayors. This has to do with the Democrat position that they are sanctuary cities. New York, Washington DC, Chicago proudly said, Oh, we're sanctuary cities. Just like California declared itself a sanctuary state. So these governors are taking up. You want to give sanctuary? Well, here are the people you asked for. Here are some because our own states are overwhelmed. Texas is overwhelmed. Now, we're going to pick this up after the break. We'll continue. And when Mayor Adams starts talking about the impact that these immigrants have, multiply it by a million multiply that impact by 2 million, multiply the impact by 3 million, multiply the impact by 4.5 million, because that's the number of illegal immigrants that will be coming into the United States of America. Now you want to go further than that, multiply it by 20 million, because that is what we are told. The total influx before this last surge was of illegal immigrants who are in this country over 20 million, now closer to 24 million. Another year like this, it'll be 30 million. And here he is, pitifully whining and pretending to be the victim because 17,000 of them end up in New York City after he and other liberals for years have begged them to come here because we're a sanctuary city. And how dare you close borders and demand that people absolutely obey American law. This guy, I I had high hopes for Mayor Adams. He's just a typical Democrat, a typical liberal political panderer. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Again, if you want to be on the program today, 800-848-WABC-800-848-9222. We will pick up with Mayor Adams and our state of emergency when. We return. Entertaining
1: and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC.
2: I love you. Yes, I do. KC. And the Sunshine Band brings us back. Well, they bring us back. Well, that sounds so retro now. Yeah, okay, this is nice. Come on. Okay, I'll stay. But... Diego, can you, like, find something else from Casey and the Sunshine Band that has a little more, you know, um, to it? Thank you. Casey and the Sunshine Band.
4: <laughs>
2: How's your record doing, Diego?
5: Pretty good. I've uh, sold a decent amount of records so far.
2: Yeah, we debuted. Uh, Diego's has an album here. We debuted it on this program. We'll check in with Diego on his album maybe next week. So be ready.
5: I actually have a, so- a show next week.
2: Oh, you're performing?
5: I'm performing in Midtown. Yeah, Connolly's Pub on 45th Street.
2: Oh, well, damn. All right, you can go meet the famous Diego. Yeah, come say hi. What day is it?
5: Uh, Saturday, exactly a week from now.
2: Next Saturday, what time? I go on
5: at 9 p.m.
2: Connolly's Pub. Connolly's Pub. Where?
5: Connelly's Pub. Where? On uh 45 I think it's, I believe it's um 121 West 45th Street.
2: Cool. Yeah. All right, now let's jam. Put it up a little bit. It's Saturday, so if you're up early, take a nap, then get down tonight with your bad self.
4: <laughs>
2: Bo early, a.k.a. James Golden, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurly whichever way you want to have it. It's our Saturday morning extra- radio extravaganza here. We were listening to our beloved mayor, our illustrious mayor, the Peacock, the man who dresses better than any mayor in New York's. New York State History, New York City History since Jimmy Walker. Our own illustrious Eric Adams, let us resume with Eric Adams and the
3: state of
2: emergency.
3: Many of these asylum seekers don't know where they are going or what awaits them at the end of the line.
2: Neither does Hundreds New York. Hundreds of
3: buses have arrived in New York City Ooh. since early September. We have seen an average of five to six buses per day. Yesterday, at least nine buses arrived. The majority are adults who cannot legally work in this country.
2: Well, when does that stop anybody?
3: With school-aged children. Some are in desperate need of serious medical care. Oh. New York City has helped them all. But extending that care has come at a great cost to our city really? and our people. Really? The asylum seekers arriving here need more than a hot meal or a bed for a night. Without the ability to work legally in this country, they need long-term shelter, health care, and a great deal of institu- institutional support. Why
2: are you It is straining
3: that the limits of our ability to provide care for New Yorkers in need. And it is running through our city's budget. What? We expect to spend at least $1 billion what? by the end of the fiscal year Stop. of this crisis. Stop, All because Stop. We right there. Functional Stop
2: right there. I have a suggestion, Mr. Mayor. You say these illegals, these poor people that you welcomed in to get sanctuary, they're burning through the city's budget. Really? Why not go back and ask the former first lady of New York City, that would be Mayor de Blasio's wife, what she did with that almost billion dollars that was supposed to go to help the homeless. We've never had an accounting for that money. Gee, where is that money? And if you're talking about a billion dollars and a billion dollars is breaking the budget, then let's talk about what else in New York City is breaking the budget. Let's talk about the other money. That you're spending. Let's talk about the money that New York City spends, for instance, on certain schools while ignoring others. Let's talk about the money that New York spends on these welfare programs that hand out money to people. Why? Well, simply because they showed up. Let's talk about the budget. Let's talk about how many billions of dollars are wasted in New York while New York City residents lack safety. Can't even get on the subway train without worrying or not if you'll get off alive. What happened to all that money you saved when you cut the police department forces? Where's that money? Can't you move some of that money over and help these immigrants? Oh, no, 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 we're too poor, that billion dollars. Yeah, where's all the other money? Can't we cut back? You know, when families have budget problems, what do they do? They sit down and they say, okay, we're having a little tough time. Let's see where we can reduce spending in other areas. Why is that discussion not going on, Mr. Mayor? Let us resume with our illustrious, beloved Mayor Adams.
3: All because we have a functional and compassionate system. Our right to shelter laws, our social services, Uh, and our values are being exploited by others for political gain. New Yorkers are angry. I am angry, too. We have not asked for this. There was never any agreement to take on the job of supporting thousands of asylum seekers. Yeah, Yes, you this did. This responsibility you you was it. simply handed to us without warning as buses began showing up.
2: Sanctuary. Sanctuary. There's no playbook
3: for this. No precedent. There's no playbook for what's happening at the border. Our city's response has been nothing short of heroic. Oh, From setting up local centers, organizing housing, health care, in transportation, New York City agencies and their community partners have done great work in the face of overwhelming need.
4: Mm-hmm. New
3: Yorkers, as always, have responded to this crisis by pulling together as one. From April through October, month after month, we have handled the arrival of hundreds of buses, providing triage, water, and urgent medical assistance, We've set up 42 hotels. Wow, wait, hold on,
2: hold on. We gave people water. We gave them water. That is amazing. Congratulations, Mayor. We provided water for thirsty people. You are going to be in the Hall of Fame of Good Samaritans. Water we gave them. Did we give them some bread to go along with the water, too? Huh. I'm impressed. I don't know about you. Aren't you impressed, people? We gave them water. Hmm.
3: See, shelters. We have opened a navigation center led by Catholic charities that provides case management, a range of settlement options, health services, including medical checkups, vaccinations, medication refills, and mental health services. Oh, we've
2: them, too. We
3: have also already enrolled over 5,500 children in school through Project Open Arms. Students who are high need and require extra support. We're providing legal Wait information. Wait a
2: minute.
3: Wait, transit support. Stop,
2: stop, 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 stop. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd just like to take this opportunity to remind you, what happens if you decide that you're fed up here in New York, you don't like the United States anymore, you want to go to another country, (gasps) can't get in, oh, I know, I'll sneak into their country. Let's say you decide you wanted to sneak into Mexico, and then once you're in Mexico, you say, (gasps) we're here, we're here, oh, I have kids, can we send them to school now? The answer was a resounding no. You can't. You cannot go to any other country in the world and enroll your illegal child into their schools. They won't have it. They won't have it. They protect the taxpayers of their cities, of their countries. But America, you see, oh, good old man, why are we just opening up everything? Yeah, the kids are, uh, now look, am I saying that we should be Draconian? No. Of course, we see children and we don't want to blame the children for what their parents have done, bringing them here illegally. But at the same time, let's recognize that these costs that the mayor is talking about are very real. And this is one of the reasons why we actually need strong border protections. Because Americans end up paying for this. Now, he's talking about 17,000 people. Multiply it by 4 million. Multiply that by what is happening to school districts all across America. But don't stop there, because this has been happening for over decades. And you want to know why almost every major city in America is struggling financially? Why we are so deep in debt in this country? It is not financially advantageous nor responsible to continue to ignore what illegal immigration is costing this nation. But yet we do. And yet you hear him whining how wonderful we are. Pat ourselves on the back. Why? We just will spend money, spend money. We we have homeless people in this city that have been in this city for how many decades? We've been hearing about the homeless problem. Is it fixed? No. We have criminals running the streets in this city. Have we been able to build enough jails and build enough prisons and build enough programs to get these people, these vermin, in some cases like this Green Goblin gang off the streets and off the subways? No. But what do we do? We welcome people who are not American citizens into America, and we just open the wallets and pay for everything. Meanwhile, if you are a business owner in New York, try paying your taxes after these Democrats shut down your city for almost two years. Break time. Coming back. More Adams. Your calls. I see the lines are lighting up. We're going to get to your calls on this, too. We'll give you a chance to weigh in. We'll take our time with Mayor Adams. We've got almost two and a half hours left. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, and we're coming back right after this.
1: Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC.
2: Andy Get brings us back here on WABC. Remember coming Cousin Brucey tonight on Music Radio WABC. And this weekend... We have Dina Martin, Joe Piscopo, Tony Orlando. We do music, we do talk, we do it all here on WABC. Oh, that is so relaxing. Golden, aka Snurley, with you here. Our Saturday morning extravaganza, radio extravaganza. If you want to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC, we will resume with Mayor Adams, but I want to take a few phone calls first, people reacting to what they have already heard. Let's start in Manhattan with Leo. How are you, Leo? Good morning.
6: Good morning, James. Uh, I got two short points. One is uh, there's an international law about asylum, uh, political asylum applicants, they supposed to apply in a first free country on the way out of the, the country of origin. Means, the majority of these, even if in their origin country was endangered, that they gonna be for long years in prison or dead, not supposed to apply for asylum in the United States. And the second point. Uh, I, I'm an artist. I have a, I have an atelier in uh, New Rochelle on North and Lincoln, which is right next to the Westchester Islamic Center. In January, there is a big Islamic holiday. And last year, I mean, in January, that means before the buses stop, start coming from the south. And I travel in my life a lot. I was in uh, in uh, for a week in Egypt. I was for a few days in uh, Morocco. I never saw in my life so many women wrapped completely that you can see just the eyes As during these holidays. You don't see them normally in New Rochelle on the street. they somehow hiding them home. But during these holidays, there was a hundreds of them. And the, those was from the planes, Biden planes to Westchester Airport, not from buses from south.
2: You raise, Leo, a great point. Let us, <clears throat> if you didn't understand everything Leo said, please allow me to extrapolate. Number one, Leo is exactly right. International asylum law. You were supposed to apply for asylum at the first stop out of your country. So many of these, in the first free country. So many of these asylum seekers headed to the United States are, are supposed to apply for asylum where? In Mexico, because they're coming from Central America and South America. That is the crux of this scam that I was speaking about earlier. When they do apply to come into the United States, many of them are turned away because they're not coming here seeking asylum. They're coming here for economic gain, and that is not allowed under the asylum law. And so what happens, they are intercepted, and they are told, hey, buddy, you got to get your story straight if we can get you in this asylum thing you got to claim that you were coming from an oppressed country. You have to claim that you were tortured, maimed, hurt, and and your life is at risk if you go back. Oh, okay, I get it. And then they're given their stories, and then they're allowed to proceed. I'm going to get Todd Benzman on the show one day so we can go through this, and he can tell you exactly how this works or how it has been working. This is a scam. And we have been duped as a nation. Now, you think about it. The left hates this term, anchor baby. We know another scam that has happened, and that is residents of foreign countries come to America. They have a baby here, and the baby becomes a citizen under our laws. And as a citizen, the baby's eligible for benefits. But we don't. We can't kick out the parents, can we? Can't just leave the baby here. America's immigration laws have been broken, and they are in need of repair. Now, the only president that was willing to address this head-on was Donald Trump. And what happened during the Trump years? A lot of the illegal traffic into the United States stopped. When Joe Biden was selected president, the floodgates were opened. And what we are seeing is a result of what Joe Biden and the Democrats have done At every turn, they did it during the Obama years. They're doing it again. Open borders, step on in, come in. Let's overwhelm the American system. Again, we are on record track to have over 4 million illegal entries into this country this year. It is astounding. Anthony in Long Island, you're on WABC Talk Radio 77.
5: Hello, Mr. Golden. How are you? Fantastic show. Thank you, Anthony. We have a, a we have a, a problem that nobody wants to address. Uh, this is called the Communist Manifesto. We're in step four of the Communist Manifesto, where they have to uh, create uh, havoc and, uh, and and discord in the country. In order for them to be able to continue to capture power and that's why we have all this crime going on releasing the the the, the prisoners out of jails bringing in prisoners from other countries because a lot of these people they've they've actually sent people down to these countries to train and educate all these people that they're sending over so when they come here they know what to say how to say it They, they greet it at the border with their with their food stamps and their and their food programs and their stuff and it's all nice and organized by, by the Democrat Party in order to, and the Communist Party, forget about the Democrat Party, that that, that no longer exists in order for them to, to control everything. But you know something? I think when the people finally come here and they see how great this country is, I think they're gonna turn on the Democrats and then eventually they're gonna start yelling and screaming to ship everybody back because they didn't get the electorate that they wanted out of it. This is ridiculous.
2: Well, uh, Anthony, let me just comment on one or two things that you said. We have been hearing, I've been hearing all my life about the communist threat. And I am not going to deny that there is a well-organized effort by communist countries to disrupt American life. What we are seeing, the real threat, is American American liberalism and international liberalism. Call it whatever you want to call it. Call it socialist. Call it communism. The United Nations is involved in funding the underlying funding for some of this trafficking of human beings into the United States is being handled by the United Nations. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is documented fact. Document. We will talk to Todd Benzman. He can explain how it works. He has photographs of the debit cards that are given to these asylum seekers to help pay their passage on the way here. Our asylum system has been compromised seriously. That is not a question. That's a fact. The United States is in dire trouble. My beef with Mayor Adams is that he's playing race cards, he's playing political cards when this is a national crisis. And we are only seeing a sliver of that crisis in New York. And that's why we get all this whining from the mayor. Think about that. 17,000 people. Now, that is a lot of people. But put it up against 20 million. Put it up against 4 million. And it is a fraction. We're going to resume... We'll go further into the mayor. We're going to also continue to take your telephone calls. Break time here. Coming back on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Stay with us. Now, here's
1: the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirdley, on 77 WABC.
2: It's Saturday morning on 77 WABC. That's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here. A conservative. The you.
4: but they said you're
2: if you're having that first cup of coffee, oh, you can groove a little bit with it. Oh, and with us world 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 all morning world 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 long. Here on W A B C Let us go back to our mayor and continue his announcing our state of emergency.
3: And IDNYC enrollment to those who need it. I want to thank our fellow New Yorkers who have already given so much of their time, care, and resources to our brothers and sisters, including the Department of Social Services, New York City Emergency mm-hmm. Management, mm-hmm. the Mayor's Office of Immigrant Affairs, mm-hmm. the Department of Health, the Department mm-hmm. of Education, mm-hmm. Health and Hospitals, Hotel mm-hmm. Trades Council, and mm-hmm. so many other agencies and New York. How Yorkers many do have have? Stepped up. They deserve great credit for handling this crisis with oh, speed yeah. and efficiency. Organizations like Catholic Charities, the Hispanic Federation, The United Way, Make the Road, and the New York Immigration Coalition have also provided invaluable help. But through, although our compassion is limited,
2: limited, our
3: resources are not. What? Our shelter system is now operating near 100% capacity. Well. And if these trends continue, we will be over 100,000 in the year to come. Just tell because Joe to print some more, more than money. The system was ever designed to handle. This is unsustainable. Whoa! The is going to run out of funding for other priorities. Really? Their city is doing all we can, but we are reaching the outer limit of our ability to help. We're putting mm. people up in emergency hotels. Mm. The holiday season is right around the corner. Really? The space is limited. We're trying to oh, find oh, better oh, ways. Whoa, whoa, There's whoa, a ways. stop
2: that. Stop that right there. Let me translate that little line because that was a little important line, okay? We're putting people up in hotels, but space is limited. We got winter time coming, and we ha- space is limited. Here's what that means. We want paying customers here. These people are not paying money. We're paying out. We need to kick them out of the hotels so that we have space for the tourists that are coming here to spend money. Now, we hope the tourists will show up. They may not because of all the crime that's running around in this city. But we're going to just keep talking like New York City's safe because that's what we do. Just tell them don't go on the subway. What what about the random crimes that are happening? Don't worry about that. Just come spend your money. We'll kick those illegals out of the hotels so that you have somewhere to stay. That's what that little paragraph was all about.
3: Mm -hmm. To get people into permanent housing. The years of delays have kept low-income housing from being built. We're doing everything we can. We started a faith based effort to get our houses of worship to adopt a shelter. Oh, Help ho. community organization arrange travel for people to their destination of choice. And we're engaging the private sector to get clothing and supplies to asylum seekers and New Yorkers in need. But it's still not enough. In the next few weeks, we'll be opening a large humanitarian emergency response and relief center on Randall's Island that will safely house hundreds of people who have found themselves in New York City at their long journey from our southern border. I will be there Mm -hmm. to welcome them and to stay with them and hear their stories. But unless we take immediate action, that center will be full in days, and we will have to open another and another and another even as winter weather arrives. As a result of that reality, today I am declaring a state of emergency in the city of New York and issuing an executive order. This executive order will formally direct all relevant agencies to coordinate their efforts to construct the humanitarian relief centers. We are also suspending certain land use requirements to expedite this process. New York City has already done more than nearly any other city to support
2: this. We're going to suspend some laws here so that we can do this quickly. Well, what about when people want to open up businesses in New York? Do you suspend the laws so that they can do that? Oh, no, no, no. So American citizens, once again, have to stand in the back of the line when it comes to their city being responsive to their needs. But non-American citizens, why? You know what we can do? Why are these stupid laws, these petty laws that stop us from doing what we want to do? Let's just get rid of them so that we can land, so we can use the land the way that we want to use the land. This is what you get with Democrat, city, Democrat rule. Okay, he talked about the fact they can't put up low-income housing. Who's been making these laws? It hasn't been Republicans. Who's been stymieing the growth in New York? Not Republicans. But all of a sudden, why, we have a crisis here, so let's do this. Let's brush those pesky little laws aside so that we can actually do what we want to do. Let's pick it up. We'll see what else our beautiful, illustrious mayor has to say.
3: Influx of asylum seekers, and we cannot deprive long-time New Yorkers of support and services, even as we address the needs of these new arrivals. It's not sustainable, and it is not right. If our city had had coordination or even just cooperation from any of the states sending buses or more support from our partners, then maybe we could have budgeted, staffed, and allocated resources for these asylum seekers. But we Mm. didn't get the support and information we asked for and now, New York City is being forced to bear far more than its share of this national crisis caused by political motivation. Mayors are already on the front lines of every other crisis this country is suffering from, from gun violence to climate change. But local government yeah. cannot be the solution for national crises, especially really? manufactured crises. We now have a situation. When more oh, people are arriving in New York City than we can immediately accommodate, including families with babies and young children. Once no. the asylum seekers from today's buses are provided shelter, we will surpass the highest number of people in recorded history in our city's shelter system. And every day mm. going forward that we add more to this count, we break another record. The city recovering mm. from an ongoing global pandemic, is being overwhelmed by humanitarian crises made by human hands. We have reached some of the help we have asked for. We've received it, but we need more. We are at the edge of the precipice. We need serious partnership and realistic solutions. As I have said before, we need help. Here's a realistic and we need solution. It now.
2: Shut down the border. Shut down the border. You want a realistic solution? Stop the influx of illegal entry into America. Manufactured crises? Really? You tell that to the governors of these states where your party, your Democrat party, your liberals, your progressives have demanded that we discount the idea that America is a sovereign nation. That we toss out the idea of borders because they are inhumane. You have people on the left that have been raging about the colon, the, the colonialists here, the colonizers. That's what they call them now. They tell us that this is their land anyway, meaning the illegal immigrants. I've heard this so many times, it makes me want to puke. California, it belongs to them anyway. They're just coming on their land. We are the bad guys. This is what you hear on the left. This is what they teach in their institutions of higher learning, that all of this idea that America should have borders is an immoral concept. And now, all of a sudden, because Mayor Adams has to stop partying for a few days to actually govern, we have to listen to this incessant whining. If we had only had more time to prepare and make a budget. Who gives Texas time to make a budget for this influx of millions of people that have come through. Where was the coordination there? Ask Joe Biden how his administration can coordinate flights into Westchester Airport. Make sure that buses are there. Make sure that this little secret deal that they have operated, this network is in place to transport hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of illegal immigrants in the dead of night. Ask him how come he can't increase that coordination to also take care of some of this. This whole thing points to the failure not just of one party. Let's be totally honest here, folks. The Republicans bear some culpability in this because we, until Donald Trump came along, never put out, demanded a political solution to a political problem that American laws have been violated for far too long. Let me leave you this hour with this. A man accused of stabbing to death two people, including a Las Vegas showgirl and a 47-year-old man, as well as injuring several others, is an illegal immigrant with a criminal record. Yoni Christian Barrows, 32, charged with murdering two, attempting to kill six more on Thursday, told police that he's a Guatemalan immigrant, that he stabbed eight people so he could let the anger out. Hour number two coming up. Don't go away. James Golden, Snerdly here with you. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back right after this.
1: a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
2: Welcome to our number duo. If you'd like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC's number to call, 800-848-92. This hour we have a lot more to do. We're going to switch gears also. Your calls on immigration, we're going to take every one of them here. If you hang in there, we'll get to you. We're also going to talk about other things. There was a brief interview I played yesterday from Representative Corey Bush. You might know her, the congresswoman from uh, Missouri. She's a member of the squad. She talked about her experience with abortion. I thought it was a teachable uh, moment. And for those of you that didn't hear it, it was chilling. I want to play that interview as well. We have Kanye West. Kanye has created a firestorm. Some of his interview with Tucker was, in my view, profound. I talked about that briefly with Princess Di. Yesterday, Princess Di will be with us in our final hour today. I referenced this. This story was in American Wire News or BizPack Review, and it's also in some of the other uh <clears throat> quote-unquote, alternative news sources. The city of El Paso, Texas, has bust almost 9,000 illegal immigrants from the border to New York City and Chicago. That is far more than what Greg Abbott has sent. But Greg Abbott gets the headlines, you see, because supposedly he's, according to Mayor Adams, he's trying to undermine black mayors. But El Paso is a city led by Democrats. They've sent over 7,000 illegal immigrants to New York City and more than 1,800 to Chicago since August. Where is the source on that? It's The original source of the reporting was from Reuters News Service. Do you hear Adams complaining about that? And yet. Of course not. New York Post today says that Mayor Adams has finally called out Joe Biden for the border fiasco, and he has to help fix it. He's complaining not a single dollar from federal or state aid has come, no housing resources, not even an acknowledgment that the crisis actually exists. Well, finally. Finally. Acknowledging to some degree the role that President Biden's lawless administration has in this quote-unquote crisis that has now led to New York being declared, New York City, in a state of emergency. At least 84 migrants were rescued after a shocked resident spotted the group stepping out of a tractor trailer. Where in Texas, that's where they were, near a border town. They unloaded the 18-wheel trailer in front of a house in Olivares, Texas. That community is near Waslaco, Texas. All the migrants from Central America. The human trafficking in trucks, Continues. As I mentioned before, we left for the top of the hour break. The guy that's stabbed to death, a showgirl, by the way, he was trying to talk to apparently showgirls in Las Vegas at a Las Vegas strip, was angry. No one was paying him any attention. So, what does he do? He kills two people. 47 year old man here illegally. Maris Morin G- Di Giovanni or something. I can't pronounce her last name properly. G. Giovanni, I'm sorry. She's 30 years old. And Brent Allen Hallett, 47, both died. They were stabbed to death. She bled out in the arms of one of her friends. Can you imagine that? Watching your friend bleed out in your arms being stabbed? Uh, Broad daylight. Of course, he's here illegally. Now, get this. He told detectives that he killed because he was angry. He wanted to let the anger out. But he also is reported to have had a criminal record in California, but wasn't known to ICE. This is part of California's sanctuary. They won't share information on their criminals. So here's this guy supposedly with a criminal record in California, here in the United States illegally, and our own immigration agency didn't know about him. California, of course, shields that kind of information because the federal government are the bad guys. Let us turn for a moment into matters closer to home. As I mentioned, during the first hour, the group of the comic book villains turned to real life, the Green Goblins, dressed up in neon green bodysuits, assaulted two women on a New York City subway. Days later, our New York City Police Department has identified those four suspects, part of the group, Giante Alston, Merem Sissy Isoff, Dariana Pugero, 26 years old, 34-year-old Emily Soto among the group, punching, tossing around two 19-year-old women, Times Square subway station in the wee hours of the morning. All four live in the Queens Bridge housing project. That's public housing. This is the housing project that it's within eyesight of the 59th Street Bridge. The mother of one of the victims told the New York Post that what happened on the train was absolutely disgusting and that the gain in green needs to be held accountable. Animals belong behind bars, she said. What happened to the New York City we all loved? Start fixing it now. No, the mayor was too busy partying to fix hanging out with the glitzy and the richie to worry about things like this in California. There was a kidnapping of four people all found dead. Man robbed them. Guess what? This will come as no, it's just, come as no surprise He's a felon, released out of jail for previously violent behavior, home invasion. He kidnaps, in this case it was an Indian family. The whole family kidnaps them, murders all of them. Jesus Manuel Salgado, 48-year-old taken into custody on suspicion of kidnapping and murder in the deaths of Just Deep Singh, his wife, their eight-month-old daughter, and his brother, for abducted at gunpoint from the family business by this guy, already another one of these convicted felons, That the Democrats, and yes, I'm going there, that the Democrats and their view of justice released to be back on the streets to terrorize even more people. Why do you continue to elect these people? Back here in New York, three stabbed, one fatally in a string of New York City subway attacks. Well, 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 didn't Mayor Adams tell us his priority, number one, was making sure the subways were safe every day, every single day, every single day? We see how unsafe the subways in New York are. Three men stabbed, one fatally, separate attacks in the New York City subway system within an eight-hour span yesterday. Three men stabbed, one fatally. 38-year-old Bronx, Bronx man getting off of a northbound number four train as it arrived at 176th Street. Gets off the train, stabbed in the back and chest by a suspect who ambushed him from behind. Believed to be an unprovoked random attack. The victim collapsed on the platform, rushed to St. Barnabas, where he died. Seventh person to be killed in the New York City subways this year. Second fatal subway stabbing in less than a week. And, of course, then we have to hear from our police commissioner, Key Chance. Well, we've served thousands of officers in the subway system. Well, it's not enough. Stop telling us what you've done. Fix this, damn it. Get these criminals off the damn streets. Get these mentally ill into a place where they can get help. One of the other people. Now, there was a video on this one a few weeks back. If you remember this woman, this poor woman out at Howard Beach stomped in her face. Kicked, beaten, bruised, battered. Savage beating of a helpless stranger in where a Queen Subway. The ex con was interviewed by the Daily News. Forty year old forty one year old. His name is Foster. Wahid Foster, Wahid. no remorse whatsoever. He says the beat down he gave her was from his fist. He says, I don't give a, f-. yeah, I don't give a F, so what? So what? I don't give a F. Now, of course, this guy has a long history of violence. Going back to 1995, he killed his grandmother, and he's still on the streets. After he killed his grandmother, he was back on the street, And in 2001, he stabbed his sister in the hand with a screwdriver. In 2010, he attacked three female workers at a Queens halfway house with a knife. He stabbed one woman repeatedly in the chest and in the face. Yet, even though he has a, a, a track record like this, and even though he is acknowledged to be a schizophrenic, where is he? He's back on the streets of New York where he goes into a subway and he violently stomps and kicks this woman, beats the hell out of her with his fist and kicks her and kicks her and kicks her, smashes her with a bottle, slams her against the wall, punches her repeatedly in the face and then stomps on her head. Last month, he was arrested. Before this happened, he was released from the Elmira Correctional Facility in 2021 after serving most, most of a 12-year sentence for triple stabbing. But he's back on the streets. Thank you, Democrats. Release the criminals. Release them back to hurt other people. That is the Democrat Party philosophy. Don't punish the criminals to the full extent of the law. Cut them some slack so that they can rejoin society. In Dallas, a Dallas woman was shot to death by her friend. What was her crime? She beat him at a pickup basketball game. He didn't like the fact that that this woman, his friend, beat him in a basketball game. He goes home, drops off the kids, comes back, and shoots her dead. Senseless. 21-year-old woman has the audacity to beat a thug in a basketball game, and he kills her. More news, more of your calls coming up, James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdly. Later on today, Princess Die. your calls, of course, we're going to get to them. We're going to introduce some other things we haven't discussed so far into the mix as well. So don't go away. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC.
2: Susu Susu I've never been able to figure out what Susu Susudio is really all about. All life, all I guess that's her name, Susu Hello, Susu Phil Collins. Do we have one more night? Come on, Mix Master, hook me up.
4: <laughs>
2: James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77, Phil Collins. Brings us back one morning
4: I've been trying so long. Let you know let you know how I feel.
2: Well, I love Phil Collins. Head to the telephones here on Talk Radio 77 WABC on our Saturday morning extravaganza. Let's go to Hackensack and talk with Mark. Mark, thank you for waiting. How are you this morning? Hello, Mark. Mark may have stepped away to grab some cereal or refresh his coffee. Put his line on hold, please, and let us see whether he returns to us. Meanwhile, let's go up to Hudson Valley and get to Stuart. Hey, Stuart, thank you for holding. Thanks for waiting. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, Stuart?
7: Good morning, James. It's a privilege to talk to you again.
6: Thank you, my friend.
7: I have a solution for Mayor Adams' um, crises, and I actually recommended this solution to a congressman some time ago, and it's cheap. He doesn't have to bring in a cruise ship. Um, What he needs to do is go to the United States government and buy a used aircraft carrier for $1. It will house about 10,000 people. It has a full kitchen. It has a full operating room. It has a morgue. It has little jail cells in it. And it can, I survived on one for about three years. So, uh, and what you do is you don't even put it on the 59th Street Pier. You put it about Ten miles off the coast, and let everybody see it. It's like the movie Escape from New York, where <laughs> that becomes a floating prison. You want it, You want to uh, evacuate Randall's Island, relocate them out to the floating aircraft carrier prison, and if a storm comes, it's still relocatable. So um, there's an economic. You don't want to see the, the sick people on your streets. You don't want to see the criminals on your streets. Send them 12 miles off the coast. And if you go another mile, they're You're in international, international
2: waters. Water. Yes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Stuart, That's I mean, absolutely. I'm laughing, but actually, you know, I'm trying to pick holes with, to your argu- to, to your suggestion in my brain. I can't find any. Because they are looking for shelter. And the mayor had made a deal, it was said, with Norwegian cru- Cruise Lines to bring in one of these super cruise ships and house illegals in a super cruise ship in the lap of luxury. Why not get, an, uh, why not get a, surplus, a surplus battleship from the government, get it cheap, refit it, and house people on the battleship? I don't see anything wrong with your idea. Now, whether, of course, yeah, I I mean, I'm looking to see what the flaws are in your idea. I don't I can't find any at the moment.
7: I recommended that to a congressman who will remain unnamed like 10 years ago. He goes, that's brilliant. I'm going to bring that up in a vote in Congress. And it was defeated. Uh, But I think that's what we should do. The Navy is selling them for a dollar.
2: Might as well. Man, maybe I should buy one. Thank you so much, Stuart. Appreciate the call very much. Let us go to Ed in the Bronx. Ed, welcome. How are you on WABC Talk Radio 77?
8: Pretty good, James. James, the thing is, I remember you and Rush back in 2016 when Trump uh, talked to the U.S. black citizens and said, what do you have to lose by voting for me?
2: He said what uh, the hell do you have to lose?
8: Okay, you got it better than me. You, you okay. But here's my point. What bothers me is I think the Republicans are blowing are blowing an opportunity. They should directly compete for the vote of US black citizens and US Latino citizens. Cuz I think if they do, they'll easily get 20% or more of the black vote and they'll get more than 30% of the Latino vote, and then they can take the House and the Senate. But the Republicans don't really seem to have any political brains, okay? Um, it's, it, it, it bothers me.
2: I mean, I live in the You're Bronx. You're not the only one that is bothered, Ed. I talked to, I will leave his name out of it. I talked to a major Republican donor quite by chance the other day. And this very topic came came up. And you know what he said? He said, you know what? If the the right effort were made, I am sure that 20% of the black vote would swing to the Republican side. You're calling. I'm sitting here shaking my head. I'm like, wow. Everybody sees it. Everybody sees this. Now, there has been a shift. And I covered that story yesterday on the program. There has been a shift of 10% of dissatisfaction with the Democrat Party among black people from where it was, which means this 20% figure is within reach. Hispanic numbers are shifting. You know, here's the thing, folks. Black people and Hispanic people are not aliens, meaning we... Blacks, Hispanics, Asians, all of us share something. We're Americans. We want the same thing every other American wants. We want our kids to go to safe schools. We want our neighborhoods to be safe. We don't have to wonder if hardworking people coming out of the subway to go home have to look around for fear that they're going to be stabbed in their back or their chest or that if it's a hardworking showgirl out in Las Vegas that she's going to be cut up and bleed to death in the arms of her friends. We all want the American dream. We all want the America of our promise, of our birthright. We are all Americans. We want better for our children. We don't want them to live in fear. We look around at this country and we wonder what has happened that we're sitting here arguing in school over whether somebody should be called she, he, z, zim, paint, paint, or whatever else. What is wrong with people that they would allow this to infect our country to such a degree? We look at the situation with the borders and say, how is it possible that with all of the might? of America, we cannot get control of our own borders. We look at this rampant homelessness in city after city, run by Democrats, and wonder how they allow it at the same time they live high on the hog, at the same time the mentally ill roam the streets with nowhere to get treatment. At the same time, fentanyl, other drugs pour through this border, and the border remains unsecured. Inflation rages when America is a land of endless resources and we can't even tap into our own nat- our own resources. Instead, Joe Biden's begging the Saudis for more oil. Donald Trump didn't beg the Saudis for more oil. He unleashed American national resources and we became a nat- an exporter, not an importer of energy. And yet, in just two years, all that's forgotten. And here we are on hands and knees crawling to the Saudis, oh, please, oh, please cut us a break. And the Saudis stick their middle finger up to Joe Biden. And yet he walks around saying, nobody F's with a Biden. Well, Biden has F'd the entire United States of America. What has happened is beyond comprehension, almost. The silly things that we argue about in this country, that we consume our time with. Somebody's mad because you didn't call them the pronoun of their choice. And this is what we're spending our national time talking about, with all of these other things going on. Meanwhile, Criminals roam the streets, murder after murder, rape after rape, pillage with no accountability. And we've got Soros appointed DAs behind this in every American city you can think of, and yet the criminals still roam, they still rape, they still murder, they still pillage. And it's almost as if Democrats want this to happen because they won't do anything. They won't even speak out against it. We need sanity. And no, my friends, you are not insane. The things that you want, the things that you demand from your government, you're not insane. We are dealing with insanity. That's what's happening here. Oh Knows Politics. And so
1: much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC.
2: The one, the only. The voice of an angel. Minnie Ripperton.
4: Playing keyboards on this?
2: That That's Stevie. That's Stevie Wonder. That's from the album, Perfect Angel.
4: Feel the that, you
2: bring. that whole album is with me while we grow an audio treat. We it's a gift. There's recently been a release of the unmixed version of this album. And if you go back, you'll actually hear Stevie on that, that version of the album, the deluxe version. You'll hear this song in its original form which is a little bit different than this.
4: Ah, oh, Minnie, there's only one. Ooh, I'm more in love
2: with you. We have a cut that we played yesterday, and if you heard it yesterday, please bear with us. We're going to play it again, because to me this is an instructional moment. It is a Democrat, a member of the squad, Corey Bush, Missouri. This is one of the women who's unapologetically in favor of defunding the police, and even though that has become a toxic election year slogan for Democrats, she is not backing down from it. She still wants the police defunded. Corey Bush is also outspoken on many of the squad's uh, green energy goals and on the social goals that the that the, the the progressives in her party have embraced. In this interview, she's talking about her book. There was a section in her book that concerns her abortion. Well, at least one of them, as you'll hear. And this was chilling to me for a number of reasons. Let us join that interview with Cori Bush. One of
9: the things that really struck me in the part of your book where you talk about um, the experience you had with abortion is how nuanced your view is. Nuanced. Um, because this is a complicated topic. It's not that And you talk about how the fact that it's complicated showed up in your own life. Yes. Um, you became pregnant two years later when you were 19. And you chose to have an abortion. You went 19. to an abortion clinic. At this time, you were enrolled in university. that this time... You had started Harris-Stowe State University. And you got to the clinic and had... Second thoughts. Yes. Walk me through what happened.
10: So I, I was thinking back to the first abortion. Okay. Yeah. You've done this before. You know the room. When I was 17. You know what it looks like. Early. You know what it feels like in, in this place. You know what to expect. You know um, that you may experience even some harm or some racism in this, in this space. Mm. Like, I thought I was ready. Because you had experience, with um, racism I, previously. I had. So I thought I was ready. And I went in and I went through all the steps because there were like, you. it's almost like an assembly line. You know, you go from room to room. And almost I got like into the last line. room, I, I was helped up onto the table by the nurse. A nurse. And I laid there and I started to think, well, one, I didn't tell the father that that was about oh. to happen. Um, I, and I just, I just felt like I needed more time. So I said, no, you know what? I'm not ready.
4: Mm-hmm.
10: And the nurse just, you know, wouldn't listen to me. And I said, no, I'm not ready. And as I'm saying, no, they continue to pull the instruments and, you know, get everything ready. And, and it was just like, no, calm down. You know, no, you're going to be Okay. So you were telling them that was, you didn't want to move forward. Yes. And they were ignoring you. They were oh, they absolutely ignored me. Um even to the point of, you know, like calm down as if I was the problem. And so I didn't really know like I I didn't understand at that point where uh, like where I had a voice. Like who listens to me? And so I remember laying there looking to see um if there was someone else in the room that would that would listen to me and the they ended up putting during this time they put the instrument inside me and started the instrument. So it was and I'm saying no, but it was too late because you couldn't stop once it started. Why do you think they didn't listen to you? The same as as other times where I haven't been listened to by a provider um or medical staff. You know, I was a young black woman. You know, I, multiple times I felt like it was, oh, well, we know better. You don't know what you need. You don't, you don't understand. We know Mm -hmm. better.
2: There's so much there. I talked about this with uh, Princess Di yesterday. Princess Di made a point of talking about that there was a moment where she could have, moved to do something that would have been incredibly right, which is just to, she had the the impulse to do that. Now, there are a few things in this. Number one, we learned, obviously, that she was 17 when she had the first one, but here I go back for a second one. Well, what about the contraception? What about responsibility? Got this teenage girl, 17 years old, who was opening her legs. Yes, I said it. Gets pregnant, gets an abortion. Two years later, opens her legs again. It's like, what did you learn the first time? Nothing. Except this time, well, I didn't tell the father, so maybe I shouldn't do this. Wait a minute. You didn't tell the father. You mean there's an acknowledgement that there is a life that is created, and it takes two people to create this. This is not about a woman and her body. This is about a relationship between a man and a woman to produce a living being. Okay, so now we have that. Now you add to the component, okay, second time around, this is like an assembly line. Well, gee, isn't that something? Yesterday there was also a story about how Planned Parenthood is now going to open up in the state of Illinois. They've rented an RV so that they can do the abortions in the RV and drive around. You don't have to come to us. We'll come to you to do your mobile abortion, your mobile execution chamber, if you will, because <clears throat> they want to go near the borders of states that don't. That don't permit under the the uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade every abortion possible. Diana pointed out that's one of the things that Rush used to talk about all the time. The Democrats want every single abortion that they can have, and they fear they fear the day when women will not want these abortions. But this Cory Bush thing, and they said no. What have we been told all these years about no? A woman says no, she means no. But apparently when you're killing, when you're killing the babies, and dare I mention race, when you're killing a black baby, these liberals, "Ah, no doesn't mean no, let's just go ahead and kill it anyway. And this goes to any baby. I'm not naive and stupid enough or shallow enough to think it should only matter when black, in fact... That segues us into a cut that we played yesterday from the Kanye West interview with Tucker Carlson. Let's pick that up and listen to it.
1: The lanyard's still on from it, and there's a photograph on it. What
8: is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is that? And you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, It just represents life.
1: I'm pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What what kind of response do you get? And,
10: and good, amen, I agree. I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more black babies being aborted than born in New York City at this point. That 50% of black death in America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of
3: one, and that's God.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> There's an article today in the Amazon Prime Washington Post, Karen Atia, she's her opinion of Kanye, she says of, of Kanye West, Herschel Walker and the politics she says of toxic black men. And this is all reaction to him wearing the white lives matter shirt. Now he's toxic. He and Herschel Walker are toxic. And this is what you get from these liberal women that that are in 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 the mainstream press. Especially, you know, so you heard Kanye. Does he sound like he's toxic? But this has liberals in an uproar. How dare he? How dare he wear a shirt? How dare he wears a shirt? That says, White Lives Matter, and say why why it's fairly obvious to. Let's pick up cut one and just remind you of this. Go ahead.
7: The young lady seems like a perfectly nice person. She's getting her award.
2: Why, that's Barack, Barack Obama. Obama. Do
1: do that? He's a jackass.
2: <laughs> and that's Barack Obama no, no, talking no. about Kanye West. <laughs> all this stuff.
4: That's
9: what said. I'm assuming all this stuff.
2: Where's the pool? <laughs> Come on, guys. Let, cut the president some slack. Yeah, Kanye West is a jackass. He doesn't sound like a jackass to me. Now, I grant you in all fairness that when Kanye goes into what I call kookville, <clears throat> by that I mean some of the conspiracy-sounding stuff, eh, it's questionable. But he doesn't sound like he's a jackass to me. Or that he's toxic. It's amazing. Diego, it was it time for us to break? I've lost track of things. I got so engrossed in all of this stuff. Let's take a quick break. We're coming back. More of your phone calls. This hour is rapidly disappearing. We're going to grab your phone calls. And remember, coming up in the next hour, Princess Di will join us, and we've still got a lot more to go. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming right back after this.
1: Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo is on 77 WABC.
2: Talk Radio 77, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Go back to the telephones, Ralph and New Rochelle. Thank you for waiting. How are you, Ralph?
5: I'm doing well, Mr. Golden. I just had a question. Would it be possible that some of these non-governmental organizations and these left-wing billionaires that fund the open borders policy? to be charged under RICO statutes, statutes which is the Racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act. We know these people are coaching these illegals how to get here. They're funding them how to get here, and they're breaking our law. Why aren't these people charged under RICO statutes?
2: That would take a Justice Department that is actually functioning without corruption, And in order to get that accomplished, we'd have to clean out the Justice Department first, the corrupt DOJ. And then we'd have to find the political willingness to actually examine whether that would be a method that would stand legal scrutiny. That would be a very difficult hurdle. Because, of course, I'm not a lawyer, and I can't pretend to know and wouldn't dare tell you that that is a sound legal strategy. I don't know whether it is or not. On the surface, it sounds pretty one, two, three. Yes, they are promoting activities that are illegal. Look, we have the United Nations involved, the United Nations, in funding illegal entry into the United States. This is not questionable. I don't understand why Republicans aren't standing on the steps of the Capitol and demanding an investigation into that. I don't understand why with these open borders and with these drugs pouring in from China and the fentanyl that's coming in this country killing American citizens, why the Department of Defense hasn't taken a stance that this is almost akin to an act of war against America. This is a foreign threat that has threatened the well-beings of America. This is what I mean, Ralph. There are so many things like this that you're not insane, I'm not insane, we look at these things. The American people that think like we are not insane, we look at all of this and saying this makes no sense. Look, all you have to do is turn on your television and watch some of these documentaries that we can see now that there's been a proliferation of shows from other countries. I watch the border shows from Canada, right? Now we can sit and make fun of the Canucks all we want. The Canucks are serious about maintaining their border. You go to Canada, if you even hint, if they have a suspicion that you are going to work in their country, they won't let you in, because they say the jobs that you are skilled to do are jobs that we don't need any foreigner to do. We have enough of a workforce in Canada to do it. And you know what happens? If they think and suspect that you're going to do it anyway, they follow up. They check if they find you're working in Canada illegally. They deport you out of there. Canada can do it, but we can't. We've grown accustomed to illegal immigration and turned away from enforcing the law so long, it seems that that's the norm. We have 20 million Americans by some counts here already, and we're getting ready to add another four here illegally. And you talk about enforcing the law, and people look at you like you're crazy. You're not insane for wanting your laws enforced. We're not insane to think that our government can enforce our laws. There is not a political appetite to enforce the laws because liberals in this country have the whole country under some kind of spell that enforcing American laws is somehow not moral or not the correct thing to do. It's ridiculous. We watch drugs pour in, in record number, and kill American citizens. And nothing, absolutely nothing gets done. It does get reported on. Oh, look, they're sending them in nice little cute, they're sending them in Legos now. They're sending nice little pink uh pink. Fentanyl pills in nice bright colors in Legos. And that's the end of it. There's no discussion on tracing it back to the source of origin. We know the source of origin in some cases is China. Thank you very much. You gave us COVID. Now you want to give us some fentanyl too? We couldn't kill you all in COVID. So now let's, let's, let's flood your country with fentanyl. We know it's pouring through the Mexican border. You're not insane. I'm not insane. So here we are sitting, American says, well, can we stop it by getting the, uh, hmm, let's see. We know that Soros and the Democrats are behind this. We know that there's money being funded. Can we use RICO? We shouldn't even have to use RICO. We should be enforcing the damn law. These laws have been on the books. There was a law in the United States that you couldn't come into America without a sponsor. And if you came in... With a sponsor, you had to prove that you could take care of yourself, that you wouldn't rely on welfare. Donald Trump tried to re-implement that. You know what the liberals in this country, they took him to court. They took him to court. No, you have to let people in that want to come here and get welfare. You have to let people in to sponge off the United States. We know what's going on. None of this makes any sense. We are battling insanity, and we are not the ones that are insane. We are in a war against evil, and we are in a war against insanity. And both have been brought in this country by Democrats and promoted by Democrats. And, Ralph, you have an absolutely brilliant point. But in order for it to ever to come to fruition, we would have to have politicians that have a spine. We would have to have a Justice Department that's cleared of corruption and cleared of wokeness. And we would have to actually have people in place with the gonads, to say that American law has to be enforced. Thank you. Brilliant call. Appreciate you very much. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, thank you for waiting.
11: Yeah, boy, you know, Trump gave us MAGA, make America great again. Biden is trying to imitate Trump with BABA, build a better America. So the next busload of migrants that Governor Abbott sends to New York should have a huge billboard attached to the side of the bus that says, Baba Black Sheep, have you any kids? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three buses full. One for the mayor, one for the governor, and one for the lost boy who lives in the White House. So... (laughs) You know, the the really brilliant Mayor Adams just figured out that 100 migrants are a crisis that requires emergency federal help, but the rest of the country has been drowning in a sea of humanity from 170 countries for the last 20 years. So I guess it took a Greg Abbott to school the mayor on the beautiful art of political persuasion.
2: I guess so. And it took it took Governor Abbott to finally get Mayor Adams to stop partying all night long with the rich and glitz crowd and actually pay attention to what's going on in this city.
11: Two groups that everybody wants to help but nobody gives a damn about are the immigrants and the people in these communities being affected by the influx and the rampant crime. You know, I hope this November we can send a really unmistakable message uh, to, you know, every Democrat, every liberal that is, uh, you know, on on, on the, uh, the so sanctuary city governors and mayors or whatever. And the last thing I want to say is the United Nations could help the whole world if we move the headquarters from New York to Venezuela or Colombia or Africa.
2: Amen to that. Thank you, Don. Appreciate the call. Our number duo in the can. In the next hour, Princess Di joins us. In the next hour, we will continue with your telephone calls. In the next hour, there is more news. And there's more fun and there's more music. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Bushnerly with you. Grab another cup of coffee, sit down, relax, have some fun. We've got another hour to go. You're not going to want to miss it. Be back shortly.
1: Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
2: Yeah, that last report that Bruce did, Leticia James appealing a ruling that came this week. That ruling, you know, when the Supreme Court said, okay, New York, you have no right to stop legal purchase of guns and to make it so difficult for New Yorkers to own weapons. It is unconstitutional. What do Democrats immediately do? Did they say, oh, we're wrong, the Supreme Court is wrong? No, they said, screw you, Supreme Court. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to write some new laws that are just as onerous. We're going to make New Yorkers turn over all their social media so that we can look at their private and sometimes public communications. We want to investigate all of the posts that they've made. Turn it over. And by the way, here's a list of about a hundred places that we you you're not going to be able to carry a gun, even though the Constitution gives you the right to have one. So, some groups said, "This is they're doing it again." The appeals court rule, hey, no, stop this. You're violating the spirit of what the Supreme Court just ruled on. And so what does Letitia James do, the Attorney General of New York, the corrupt political hack Attorney General of New York do? Why do I say corrupt? Because she makes she is on a partisan witch hunt to nail Donald Trump and his family. She announced it even before there was anything. She pretty much announced, we're going to go on a witch hunt, we're going to find something, and we're going to charge Donald Trump with it, and that's what they've done, and his family. There are so many crimes this woman could be looking at in New York, including, by the way, how it is that one of Governor Hochul's donors can donate $600,000 to her campaign and walk away with millions and millions and millions of dollars in a non-bid, in a non-compete bid, a closed bid, walk away with the contract to do COVID tests, and that company can then charge twice as much as everybody else does for COVID tests, and fleece the taxpayers. And yet, Leticia James can't find it in her brain, such as it is, to take a look at that situation. Letitia James can't look into, as Attorney General of New York, how she can make the streets safer for you and me, the streets of this city. The subways, we have everything that seems to be crumbling in front of our face. And what is she? She's on a single focus witch hunt to nail Donald Trump. And now, oh, I'm going to appeal this. I want to keep lawful New Yorkers from their constitutional rights. This woman is a disgrace. She's a disgrace. We had a chance to get a great D.A., state D.A., Keith Wolford. Instead, we get this one. Princess Di will join us soon. Rents are up. Pay is down. New Yorkers are being left out in the cold. That is the grim assessment of a new report that says the gap between wages and housing costs across New York City is the widest it has been since 2008. Rent growth. outpaced wage growth by 23%. That's across the five boroughs, and that's after adjusting for inflation. Many New Yorkers have had to stretch their budget to afford rent unless they make other compromises, such as adding roommates or looking for more affordable housing. The study says, well, guess what? Part of this is due to this rent forgiveness business. Yes, I have sympathy and empathy for those of you who are being hit with rent increases of up to twenty three twenty four percent That's massive, but also, what do you expect? Do you expect that your landladies and your landlords are supposed to be resigned to poverty so that they can rent you a place? That's what Democrats thought when they told them no you can't you can let people. Fall behind as far as they want to with the rent. It's COVID time. It costs money to maintain real estate. So you tell landlords they can't charge increases. You suspend it for two years. They can't evict people that don't pay the rent. They don't have people. To pay. What, what do you want? Now rents are going up. This is cause and effect. So there are going to be a lot of people that find themselves in hot water. Speaking of water, that hurricane in Florida, you know, it's still, it is devastating. When you look at some of the communities down there that have been obliterated. But there is also this from BizPack Review this morning. Where in the world is Pete Buttigieg when you need him? The hardest vacationing man in the Biden regime. Smiled and avoided definitively answering questions when probed. Neil Cavuto probed Pete Buttigieg. It was over electric cars. Here's what's happening electric cars that were waterlogged in the hurricane. They're catching fire. They're burning up. The batteries got soaked. The batteries started to corrode. And now these cars are having combustible explosions in them and burning up. Jimmy Petronas, Florida's chief financial officer, And the state fire marshal said on Twitter that there's a ton of electric vehicles disabled from Hurricane Ian. The batteries are corroding and fires start. And it takes special training to ensure that these electric cars, when they do catch fire, that the fires are put out quickly and safely. It's a new challenge that our firefighters haven't faced before. One of the things that Kanye West did was call out BLM, Black Lives Matter. He said it's a scam. Story today, Daily Mail. Exclusive, living it up. Black Lives Matter founder Patrice Cullors has installed a swanky new garden sauna and a plunge pool at her $1.4 million L.A. Marxist mansion. This comes... After Kanye slammed it. By the way, she's also got $3 million of property. Four homes now for this head of BLM. And upscale areas. By the way, not in the black community. But upscale areas in California and Georgia. She's done okay. Black Lives Matters has mattered in her life. She has done just fine. Thank you very much. There was an incident that happened in Washington, D.C. Caught on video, and this video is worth watching. Commuters in Washington, D.C. got into a raging confrontation with climate activists on their way to work. They're on their way to the nation's capital. This group is demanding that Joe Biden declare a climate emergency. They sat down on I-395. That's one of the busiest roads in D.C. I've driven it many times. There was a furious backlash from drivers. One woman got out of her car and threatened them, said she had a gun. If they, Because she said something that her mom was sick or whatever. They let her through. And then one of these women, one of these Karens in this group, starts to fuss with her. And this woman said, yeah, you want to test me? Come on, test me. And at that point, apparently, the uh, protesters said that the woman did show, flash the gun, and, boy, they let her through. But the rest of everybody, they stuck. Police showed up a half an hour later. This is a tactic that goes on in, uh, in the U.K. and Europe a lot. They block traffic. These climate activists demanding whatever action they have. Well, I got news for you. One man got out and started ripping out their signs, tossing them on the other side of the road. As I said, this one woman threatened to shoot the protesters. You guys keep doing this. This isn't, we're not Europe over here. You keep doing this. You keep sitting down in the road. I'm going to tell you, this is going to end badly. You see all these nutcases out here, not to mention normal people who are just fed up with the frustrations that they have to deal with. You keep sitting down on highways in the United States. I promise you, it's not going to end well. You know, Joe Biden and his administration were begging the Saudis on hands and knees, groveling, tail between legs, begging the Saudis, to increase the production of oil to help bring down the the, the, uh, the price. And the Saudis stuck their middle finger in Joe's eye and lowered production. Well, now they're talking about it. They're blaming Joe Biden for gas prices. Adele al Saudi Saudi Arabia's minister of state, told Fox News, with all due respect, the reason you have high gas prices In the United States, it's because you have a refining shortage that has been in existence for more than 20 years. You haven't built refineries in decades. Oil is not a weapon. It's not a fighter plane. It's not a tank. You can't shoot it. You can't do anything with it. We look at oil as a commodity, and we look as oil is important to the global economy, in which we have a huge stake. The idea that Saudi Arabia would do this to harm the United States or to be in any way politically involved is absolutely not correct at all. (laughs) <laughs> That's nonsense. COVID news. Fauci's back. Fauci has warned that a new, more dangerous COVID. Oh, here we go again. Okay. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci is warning that there's a new variant could hit this winter, could be worse than everything else. We may very well get hit with another COVID variant. That's what Dr. Fauci says. Do you care? You trust Dr. Fauci anymore, do you? Well, Fauci wants you to be on guard There's a new variant. The husband and wife team behind Pfizer BioNTech, the vaccine, they're insisting that the COVID pandemic isn't over. Now, this couple has made billions of dollars. BioNTech sold $21 billion worth of vaccines in 2021. In twenty twenty two, another twenty billion. So that's forty one billion dollars. Forty one billion dollars in vaccine. How much of that did the US government buy? They're telling this husband and wife team that all the predictions that the pandemic will soon be over are just not true. And coincidentally <clears throat> Guess what? They have three new vaccines ready to go. Why imagine that? They're saying the pandemic, and Fauci's out top on the line. They're all saying, hey, the pandemic's not over yet. Here, we've got more vaccines. Here's a sad story, and then we're going to take a break and then join Princess Di. Representative Casten. Democrat from Illinois revealed that his daughter has died. He tweeted a statement Friday saying the family does not know what caused the arrhythmia that caused his 17-year-old daughter to die peacefully in her sleep. His daughter was due to be a freshman at the University of Vermont this fall. The family in their statement... <clears throat> Said that their daughter Gwendolyn was a healthy teenager who ate well, exercised, had had regular medical checkups, and was close with friends and family. They say she was fully vaccinated against COVID nineteen. We're heartbroken, but we are not unique. The family said, "Sudden, unexplained heart failure among young, healthy people is rare." But real. We are left grasping at the wrong end of random chance. They thanked people for the outpouring of love they received, and we have certainly wished this family the very best in their grief. She was well exercised, 17 year old girl, had regular medical checkups, was close with her friends and family, and she was vaccinated against. COVID 19.
1: It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di.
2: Yes, is it time, Your Majesty, can we let them out of the tower? Yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, if you weren't here, Scott Sokol (laughs) played communist music before Diana came on, and he was reveling in playing this commie pinko music. From his hero Vladimir Putin, and Diana sentenced him to the tower. Can we let him out? Absolutely, he's paid his dues. Okay, <laughs> that'll teach him, Princess Di. How are you this morning? Welcome. Well, it is so
12: wonderful to talk to you, Sir James, as always. I have been so taken by your coverage of the crime stories that you have detailed. A lot of them are very hard to listen to because they're so horrific. And the way the reporting is done, it sort of puts you there at the scene at as at someone's last moments of life and someone's suffering and cruelty of man's inhumanity to man and man's criminality potential. Anyway, I just have been so moved by those stories that it just brought me to something I've been reading uh, all over the place on the leftist media in that the focus on crime
4: in mm-hmm.
13: mm-hmm.
12: candidates – is being termed Willie Horton all over again. Oh good. I have got to tell you, I'm gonna read a few headlines. This yes, is please. one from the the Philadelphia Inquirer. Racist Willie Horton style fear mongering on crime may win midterms for GOP. Devoid yes. of actual ideas, the GOP has ripped a racist page from a nineteen eighties playbook to scare voters around crime. Yes. Okay. That is one headline. New York Magazine, it's Willie Horton's season in the midterms. Scranton Times, meet Willie Horton again. Hyde Park Herald, attack ads are racist Willie Horton-style lynch mob. The Wisconsin Examiner, this is Willie Horton all over, et cetera. It goes on. This is the latest leftist ploy because people, voters, are frightened of rising crime and are telling pollsters this and Republicans also are noticing that this is a problem and are running on it. And of course, the fact that this is actually the concern of voters and that politicians are campaigning on a concern of voters and that it is successful, the left cannot stand what is happening in that the the races are tightening. And they're basically trying to racist eyes the use of a strategy of fighting crime. And so I want to read one little comment by one of the articles. The Republican Party is partying like it's 1988, the year that scary pictures of a felon they called Willie Horton and grainy images of black crime saved a party equally devoid of actual policies. Now, I have got to tell you, this is such revisionist history, and I really want to take the opportunity to answer what really 1988 regarding the Willie Horton story.
2: Yes, and I hope I the name was- Al Gore is, for, is front and center.
12: Okay, that that is part of the story, but but let me tell you this this. Revisionist history that the Republicans did this horrible, terrible thing and had this horrible, terrible ad is nonsense. I was at the Reader's Digest at this time when the Reader's Digest in 1988, July issue, ran an article titled Getting Away with Murder, the July issue of the Reader's Digest in 1988. It was by Robert Binotto. And it was about Dukakis's weekend furlough program. Dukakis was the Democrat nominee at the time, and his record as governor of Massachusetts was up for debate. And so you're right, in the primaries, Al Gore had mentioned this furlough program where they let felons out on a weekend pass. And the Republicans were using the furlough program in part of their... Uh, debates and discussions, but it was the Reader's Digest who ran the story about one particular event. And in that story about Willie Horton, who was let out on a weekend pass and basically took over a household of a married couple and raped the wife in front of the husband and then cut off his genitals and stuffed them in his mouth and killed him. And the details of that story were horrific enough that this became talked about all throughout the United States. It was not the fact that politicians were discussing, quote-unquote, a furlough program in you know politically generic and general terms. It was the fact that the Reader's Digest wrote about one particular event and one particular felon and never mentioned his race. Never had an image of him. It had nothing to do with race. And that was what was sweeping through the United States during that campaign season. And I was there, and I know it, that this had nothing to do with race ever. It was always a crime story. Now, in fact, Lee Atwater happened to be a motor Convention in, I believe it was Virginia, and he overheard people talking about this article in the Reader's Digest. And then he did, in fact, come back and create an ad that did have an image of black criminals in a rotating system along with white criminals' images. So that is what stuck in the minds of the political world. But it was already too late for Dukakis because the Reader's Digest had already communicated what his mindset was in letting and being soft on crime. And now you have liberals. Listen to the first sentence of another article from yesterday. As races determining control of the Senate tighten up in the final weeks before the midterms, Republican candidates are turning to a tested ad campaign strategy, making Democrats look soft on crime. They are softened crime. And so the left is just beside itself. They're saying that this is working on the lizard brains of voters because it's emotional and it's racist and it's a racist dog whistle. And the fact is that people are really unsettled and upset because of the stories that you read, which are not race-based at all. These are people doing evil things. And it has nothing to do with race. So I, just I beg want uh, uh, My of-
2: dear, my darling, my wonderful <laughs> Princess Di, I beg to differ with you. It has everything to do with race. And I'm going to tell you why. OK, the fact of the matter is we all know that there is evil that permeates humanity. That part is true. But we, we also know is this in New York City. When you look at this green goblin bunch of villains that's straight from the comic books out of Queensboro Plaza they're all how shall we say people of color when you look at this guy that randomly is now unapologetic in jail fm with schizophrenia he's a people of color when you look at Willie Horton he was a people of color when you now look i'm not saying that black people commit all these crimes uh, but here's the deal. You cannot ignore. We shouldn't ignore what plagues America and particularly black communities. Right now, most black men have a risk that they will never get past the age of 24 because they're going to be killed by another black man. Okay, but we're not supposed to talk about that. We're not supposed to talk about what Kanye West talked about that halfway, that half of American deaths among black people, happen through Planned Parenthood slash the abortion mills in this country. I are not supposed to talk about that, because that's racist. We're not supposed to talk about the fact that these progressives say that racism is behind locking up criminals in jail. And so the reason that so many of these criminals of color or let out on the streets is because of this BS garbage that they shove down our throats that we're supposed to let black criminals out because somehow they're the victims of a mass incarceration system. So instead of keeping these villains, these thugs, these sleaze balls behind bars, we let them out. And what do they do? They prey on the communities that they're from, most of the time, happen to be black communities. But we're not supposed to report that. We're not supposed to talk about that in Chicago every weekend. More black children are killed by these drive-by killings, the more black people get killed every single week, that they terrorize entire cities, these gangs. And we can add in there the MS-13 gangs, the Trinidad gangs, and all these other gangs with people of color that terrorize city after city, but we're not supposed to ever talk about the race, because that's unimportant. the left talked about the race and that's why they're let out of jail because they've used the race card time and time and time again i don't care what the color they are and you're right the reader's digest never made it a point that willie horton was black and it wasn't just black when the democrats ran the ad but let's face facts folks we are all terrorized by these criminals all of us are terrorized by these criminals And they shouldn't be out on the street. And the reason that they're out on the street is because Democrats have played the race card, not Republicans. And they've let these criminals roam the streets. And they're killing. They're raping. They're pillaging. And they're still free. And meanwhile, you have these white liberal district attorneys, along with their liberal black cohorts, saying, let them out. Let them out, because it's racist. We have got to put a stop to this insanity. I'm sorry. That was my two cents.
12: <laughs> I don't disagree with the word you've said. However, that was not my point. I agree that the policies of the left are racist and racist. But I'm saying that running to uh, on safety and law and order on the Republican side is not
2: yes, I in agree any way
12: you. racist. That's my point, And I wanted to just clarify and set the record straight. On what happened in 1988 because they're bringing it back again. And that is the big lie. Talk about They have a lot of big lies. And that is the lie that that issue, which was crime and an actual horrific crime based on policies of the left of letting people out who are felons for a weekend to do whatever they wanted. Right. That that is what lost Dukakis. Along with when Bernard
2: Shaw, the late Bernard Shaw from CNN, asked old Dukakis. See, a lot of the kids weren't around, and we have to explain this to the children. Okay, so listen up, children, if you weren't around then. So here's a guy whose wife, he's governor, he's running for president, named Michael Dukakis, right? So the anchor of CNN at the time, Bernard Shaw, he's in a debate, he asked, Old Dukakis, the same guy that let Willie Horton out on jail, (laughs) murder those people. He he asked him, excuse me, what would happen, Governor Dukakis? What would your reaction be if one of these criminals raped your wife and killed your wife? What would your reaction be? And what did Dukakis do? Like, he well, went
12: policy. He went law. Well, I,
2: I think that in the long run, you know, criminals are just criminals. I mean, you know, we can't do it anymore. Criminals are criminals. But really, he didn't say, I'd be mad as hell and want the guy fried. He right. just danced around it. And people looked at this and said, is this guy nuts? And that's yeah. one of the reasons that old Dukakis never made it to the, be the president.
12: Yeah, plus the tank with the Beetle Bailey, you know, helmet. Oh, thing. That, that. You know, there were a combination of things. It cost him. But listen, here's why I wanted to talk about this today, because this tactic of calling a Republican campaign agenda racist will work and can work with Republicans. It's not going to work with the voters. The voters have already dismissed this. But it, it worries me that the Republican candidates who are successfully running on the issue of crime will pull their punches, will be afraid to be called racist. And I hope to the Lord that they just barrel ahead and tell the truth instead of doing the usual Republican thing, which is go back into their corner and say, never
2: mind. Republicans, this is a warning from your princess. <laughs> Keep running on the crime issue. It works. Warning to all Republican candidates, listen to Her Highness, listen to your princess, run on crime. And what Democrats have done to America. Yes. yes. Thank Amen. You. Thank you, Princess Di.
12: Thank you, Sir James.
1: Oh Knows Politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC.
14: I know when to go out.
2: You do. I know when to stay in. You know when to stay in. get things done. To get things done. David Bowie joins us as we come back here. He knows when to stay in. Little Martin Love here. Do we have Do we have My Little China Girl in this thing too? This is my favourite album by David Bowie. Let's dance. says. back to your telephone calls and your calls will dominate the rest of the program, but we're going to just listen to my favorite part, and here it is. Blue, and when I get excited, my little China girl says, Oh, baby, shut your mouth, shut your mouth. She says, David Bowie. What a performance. I had. A, I, I listened to that track with his vocal in isolation. It is insane. It's incredible what he can do with his voice. Oh, there will never be another David Bowie. Anyway, let's head to the telephones. Mike and St. James, thank you for waiting. Thank What's you. On your mind? This is
0: Mike of St. James, formerly of St. Albans. Well, oh, I have two quick ones. Yep. If Zeldin wins the election for governor, can he cancel that $600 million vaccine contract?
2: He should make every effort to. Now, will he be successful? Couldn't know. But he should definitely run on that. That's one of the things he's going to cancel and demand an immediate investigation.
0: Oh, that's great. Okay, now, in Washington, D.C., when they have a hearing and they bring... Homeland Secretary Mayorkas.
2: Who should be impeached. Impeach him.
0: Yes. When the congressman questions him about questions such as, what happened to the 58 known terrorists that came across last six months? He says, I don't have the answer. Or he refuses to answer. Couldn't he be accused of contempt of Congress?
2: He should be impeached. He should be... with that nonsense go right to the jugular on this guy that claims our borders are secure and impeach him for dereliction of duty impeach Mayorkas he's the worst he is the worst we have ever had in this position he's not defending American borders he's letting this happen impeach him first thing
0: but impeachment does not remove him from office
2: yes it would yes it would And not only that, they should make a point. Put him as the face of Joe Biden's failed administration policy, along with that vice president of ours. They can't get rid of her. But, boy, they should definitely impeach Mayorkas first thing.
0: Okay, Bo, could you pound this into the airwaves between now and Election Day?
2: Sure,
0: sure. Like once a day or something? Well, I'm not going to do it once a
2: day. but we'll definitely talk about it. I love you, Mike. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Let us go to Jeff in Great Neck. How are you, Jeff?
9: I'm doing well. Thank you, Mr. Golden. this I have an easy question. The first thing I want to say is America is the land of opportunity, period, end of story. But the second and more important thing is you and Princess I were talking about how, how – you know, so, some the government is, is encouraging people have in, abortions. In China, there's a one-child policy. Not anymore. All women, well, Not anymore. Woman they stopped. Who, who was born in China came to and and found out the mother was having a baby, and she found out early that she was going to have a brother, but then she went away and came back again in China, and she says, "Well, the government took the baby and killed it." Yes, That's where an American is going. With the final statement being, the United States government is supporting Planned Parenthood. If you want to support Planned Parenthood as an individual, shouldn't the individuals be supporting Planned Parenthood and not the federal government? Don't you think there's a contradiction there saying? Absolutely. uh, uh, The government wants people to be killed?
2: Yes, they do, particularly if they happen to be people of color. That's what the left wants. Get rid of them. That was the whole point of Planned Parenthood to begin with by Margaret Sanger, exterminate the people of color. Let's never forget Planned Parenthood's origins, okay? But on your first point about the one-child policy, very quickly, China has abandoned the one-child policy because what they found was that parents, especially in agricultural China, were doing just that. They were killing the girls, and now there is a shortage of women in China, there are more which defies, by the way, our human existence. In most our countries in the world, there are more women than men, sometimes over a two- to one ratio. In China, the effects of the one-child policy created a country where there were more men than women, and many men could not get married because they did not There weren't enough women to go around, so they have abandoned the one-child policy in China. Because it backfired. That is no longer in, as part of Chinese law. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back right after this.
1: Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on 77 WABC.
2: Life in the fast lane. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley time for Rapid Phones. Linda in Long Island, we start with you. What is on your mind this morning? Linda from Long Island. Hello. Hi um, Linda. Hi. Um when
15: uh he was declaring a state of emergency the other day, um Eric Adams uh said when referring to the migrants, at one point he says one in 5 are asylum seekers. One in 5? <laughs> so <laughs> What about the other four? Um, by his own admission, he's saying one in five are asylum seekers. And I guess the other four aren't even pretending to be here seeking asylum. Exactly. And he further goes on to say we need to find permanent housing for these people.
4: hmm. All mm-hmm. right.
15: So, why would we be looking for permanent housing, particularly for the four out of five?
2: Um, Can I give you a hint should, to answer your question? In in Washington, D.C. this week, they started a move to allow illegal immigrants to vote in their elections. <gasps> Imagine that.
15: I saw that.
4: Mm-hmm. But,
15: uh, I mean, shouldn't they just be handed back to the federal government to deal oh, with? No. Because they're not here seeking asylum, you know, by no. their, seemingly by their own admission, because he's saying that.
2: They're seeking the right to vote and live like Americans. Linda, you are del- you are great, Linda. Thank you so much. Appreciate your call, Carrie, in Queens, New York. Welcome to Rapid Phones. How are you, Carrie?
13: I'm fine. Thank you for taking my call. Do you hear me?
2: I hear just fine.
13: Yes, I'm calling um for two things. One is about the general crime in New York. The other is about the illegal um immigration. Um, I'm calling regarding the the crime in here in New York City. I'm really concerned because. Um, I myself recently became a victim last month of a um an assault. And um I already knew Turn what your it radio happened.
2: down, sweetheart, so we can hear you. Just turn it down real quick. No. I'm sorry. That's okay. You said you were, you were a victim of an assault.
13: Yes. Last month. Um, Thank God um, you
2: survived.
13: Yeah. Um I and mean also last year someone also was talking, I got hit by a car. Oh, and um, and it turns out, you know, that I was, I, you know, wasn't physically harmed. But the reason I bring it up is that, um, I don't know if people are aware of a, another crime going on here in New York. I don't know if it's related to the actual, um, things that we've been hearing in the news. But, um, there's a crime of like people being, um, um, trapped, um, and monitored, you know, like being trapped, uh, <laughs> like stalked. Yes. Um, so, and the thing is, is that I've noticed in my community, this is happening very heavily. And I've noticed all over the city when I travel to the Valley boroughs, And I have people, um, you know, in cars, like, uh, you know, when I show go to places, they're already there. And when I leave, then they leave. And these are people totally unknown to me. And there are many, um, case, you know, situations online that people, where they're going through the same thing. And it's very a very covert crime that's going on that a lot of people are in the world or they don't believe the people. Carrie, who... please
2: protect yourself with any means possible, meaning pepper spray, meaning whatever you have to do. You've been assaulted already. Thank goodness you're still with us. Please be very, you are being very careful. You're being observant, but also take steps to protect yourself and being able to at least have a fighting chance if something were to happen. We pray it doesn't. And, folks, please heed her words very carefully. Be observant. You cannot depend anymore on even your neighborhood being safe under this current regime of Democrats who have let criminals roam the streets. Please be observant about your surroundings. That includes putting that daggone phone down while you're out so that your head's not buried in a screen and you can be aware of what's going on around you. Pepper spray and whatever else you need to make sure that you're safe. Carrie, thank you so much. Let's go to Viviana in Brooklyn. How are you, Viviana?
14: Uh, what an honor, Bo, to be on the show. I have two points, if permissible. Go ahead, One is, uh, is that uh, Michael Henry Esquire, he's part of Zeldin Slate and he wants to come in with guns loaded. He wants to prosecute crimes, for example, political ones, pay to play. He wants to prosecute civilian crimes to keep the streets safe, subway safe. He wants to repeal bail reform laws. He's gonna work towards that. And he's definitely going to enforce laws Um, especially justice for um, nursing COVID deaths as well. And uh, the second uh, issue that I found out, and this was reported in um, by Waters. Remember Waters World? Yes, Jesse Waters. That gentleman Waters, okay, Mm -hmm. Jesse Waters has a show, and this week I was told that a whistleblower noticed really unscrupulous activity in an Orange County um, uh, airport, okay? Why isn't Letitia James looking into the fact that Letitia's busy um, minors,
2: Letitia, minors are coming in on these flights because Letitia's not worried about the human trafficking of minors. She's worried about trying to get Donald Trump and get the Trump family. That is her focus. Get the Trumps. Get the Trumps. Get the Trumps. She doesn't care about what else is going on in this country, in this city, in this state. She's single-focused with the hatred for Donald Trump. Viviana, you're a great call. I hope to hear from you again. Jimmy, in Queens, you're up next, right to your point. Time's running out. Thank you, Jimmy.
8: Well, real quick, I'm an honest, uh, tax-paying citizen. I've been honest for the past 50 years. I'm getting sick of everything that's happening. So what I propose to all the single-family homeowners, all the way up to the big apartment-building homeowners who – Keep up the city going. Let's not pay our real estate taxes effective January 1st, 2023, and let's send a strong message to City Hall and Department of Finance that we're not going to take this BS anymore. Enough is enough. I'm getting fed up with it. Something's going to happen. And, yes, we're going to vote in November. We're going to vote for who we're going to vote, but that's not enough. We need action now. So let's not pay our real estate taxes effective January 1st. Okay, that's the only way they're gonna pay attention to us.
2: Thanks for the call, Jimmy. I cannot endorse that statement. It is illegal not to pay your taxes. However, do I understand the sentiment? Oh hell yeah. Jim, in Afton, New York, welcome quickly to your point.
5: Morning James. First thing, God bless uh, Bernard McGurk, because God blessed us with him. I like Amen. To get that out of the way. And, and a lot of this is China being deeply ingrained in our politicians' pockets from the Clintons on. If you look into all this, it's about weakening America and keeping Democrats in power. And Trump shining a light on all that. This is their nuclear option, trying to make sure he never gets in there again so their pockets keep getting fat with Chinese and backdoor money.
2: Thank you for the call, Jim. Appreciate you, bro. Andrew in Stanhope, New Jersey, you're up next.
5: Hey, James. The uh, lady that claimed
7: she had the forced abortion on her, I highly (laughs) question that story. It was AOC that lied and said she was uh, tempted to be murdered on January 6th. She did that to get attention and virtue signal. So I think this lady's just getting attention and wants to play here's their the thing. Card.
2: Now, Cory Bush, there are a lot of things that you might think about Cory Bush. But Cory Bush, let me just caution you about this. Cory Bush, in all the heat that the Democrats have taken about defund the police, and they all quickly said, oh, I never said that. Cori Bush is the one that still standing. and says, yeah, I said it, and I mean it. She knows how toxic that phrase is, but she's doing that out of conviction. I would not necessarily assume that if Cory Bush says something, even though she's a leftist, even though she's a progressive, I wouldn't assume that she's a liar. I really, especially about something like that, I wouldn't make that assumption. But, I mean, again, subject to opinion, I appreciate your call, Andrew. Thank you so much. Steve, in New Jersey, you may get the last word. What is it?
5: Well, Mr. Bro James, on the asylum
7: claimants, those who show up for court, 90% of their claims are denied because they fail to meet the legal standard. That is, they're, they're unable to show. They face prosecution by the government in the country they're fleeing, based on race, ethnicity, religion, or religious beliefs. 90% of them all denied asylum claimers who show up for court in the United States. Thank you, sir.
2: He got the last word, and he got it in really quick. My friends, another three-hour program done. And what a morning. This is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza every Saturday here on WABC. Remember, Larry Kudlow is up next. We'll be back. The Boston Rush Hour, 4 p.m. on Monday. May God bless and protect each and every one of you. God knows we need it in this city and your families. Thank you so much for being here. I so deeply love you, appreciate you, and hope that you love us too. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye.